Hello and welcome to Cherry's Red Army and an interesting video for you Bournemouth fans. There might be some Bristol City ones here as well. I'm not sure. But what we're going to do is take the opportunity to talk about Alex Scott Bournemouth. It felt like an eternity, but we finally got the deal done in this transfer window. Alex Scott is currently injured. We'll need to wait a little while to get him on the pitch. But let's find out a little bit more about him. And the best way to do that is to speak to someone who's seen Alex Scott more than I have and maybe more than you have as a Bournemouth fan. So it's a great welcome to Sarge Rahman. I'm going to hand over to you, Sarge, because it's an opportunity for you to give us an intro into yourself and why you're in a good place to tell us a little bit more about Alex Scott. Yeah, of course. So um, as you can see under my name title there, I'm a sports journalist, so I've done lots of written media and video content media for various football clubs. Um, I actually won the Football Writers Association's Student Football Writer of the Year in 2022. And um, for the past two years, I've been commentating on the team that Alex Scott broke through at. So Guernsey FC, I've been commentating on their football matches for the last two years. And ever since I walked in the door there, everyone was just telling me to look out for this kid, look out for this kid. And... Being at several non-league clubs over the past few years, usually you hear them saying some stuff about players such as he's going to be special, he's going to be special. But for some reason, Alex felt different and I'm sure we'll delve more into that today. <laughs> Fantastic. And Sarge's details will be below. There's a YouTube channel in there as well. His link to X, Twitter, whatever we're calling it nowadays is down below. So go and check out his stuff. And we're going to talk about Guernsey. We're going to go through Alex Scott's career path a little bit. But you do have an interest in this, Sarge, because you have a link to Bournemouth. Yeah, of course. Um, I've lived down here all my life. Uh, I actually went to university in the enemy's lines, I guess you could say. I was, went to uni in Southampton, so that was interesting. But um, yeah, followed Bournemouth my whole life, really just seeing them progress and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now obviously Bill Foley's come in. So if I, I've done a few matches in the press box there as well. So it's been, yeah, it's been quite good. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, Southampton, I'm not sure I've heard of them. They must be in a lower league <laughs> than us. Right. Let's get talking about Alex Scott before we cause any controversy. Alex Scott then, Bournemouth signed just over £20 million. Bristol City maybe we're, we're holding on for a little bit more, but we got the deal done. Let's go back to the start because Alex has done a little intro video on the official mm -hmm. club website and he talked about growing up loving football and then heading off to AFC Bournemouth Community 13-14, spent a year there but was struggling to love the game, struggling from being away from home, must have been a tough time because 13-14 years old, you're a young kid, you're not really sure what the world's all about yet. Yeah, no. So um, I've actually spoken to Alex's dad about this sort of scenario and been. To, I've spoken to his brother as well. And yeah, it's just sort of one of those ones where when the parents are pumping in so much money to get you across from the island to play football week in, week out. And then once he got released from Southampton, um, so he was at Southampton before he went to Bournemouth, um, I think he lost his confidence quite a bit. Um playing at Bournemouth he was still playing there but didn't really feel the love for it as much um he just thought what better way to get well he didn't really want to take it too seriously when he went back he just wanted to play with his friends he always says and just really forget about the pressures of football again because even at that young age there is a lot of pressure and 
I actually spoke to the um, director of football at the time when he was at Southampton earlier this year. And I asked him about Alex. I was like, how do you let such a big talent like that go? And it's just like, he says, sometimes in football players, the line isn't linear for their careers. It's purely someone's eye saying this, someone's eye saying that. And one person's no could be another person's yes. And some players need to take different paths to get to where they are. And luckily for Alex, it's worked out for him. But when he went to Bournemouth, he played there for a year. And yeah, I feel like he felt it was best for him just to go back, play football with his friends in the Guernsey Prio League. So um, the Prio League, for those that don't know, is almost essentially Guernsey's glorified Sunday League football. So it's an actual league and they play up against other sides. And there's a few sides from Alderney that they play up against as well. But um, essentially the level isn't what it is of, say, non-league where Guernsey FC play, let alone the standards of the championship where Alex was and now in the Premier League. So um, obviously the levels were different, but you could always tell Alex was above and beyond the rest. Before we go on to him heading back home, and I know mm. I put a tweet out when he signed for Bournemouth and welcomed him to the club, and his dad, I think, liked it. He seems a grounded lad. The family looked like they've got great support. But having that close contact that you may have had at moments, did he get the support from Bournemouth, maybe, that he wanted to go back and, and his dad? So, weirdly enough, I've not fully met Alex yet. So it's just one of those ones where... I know of his family and I've spent time with his brother. I spent a whole day with him and stuff like that. But weirdly enough, I haven't fully met Alex yet. But what it is with that is that um, he felt like there was some unfinished business there, I think, from what I heard. Um, just sort of leaving on potentially not a sour note, but not how he would have wanted it to go, sort of leaving... Bournemouth without really making his mark I guess because he went back so he's yeah th those photos that came out that the media team put out of his wild hair at the time <laughs> um yeah I feel like when Bournemouth came calling and when I first heard the rumors about it I was jokingly telling like the Guernsey board board and people I was just like I'll drive him there myself if he has to like just get him to Bournemouth and if he needs anything around Bournemouth I'll show him around <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Normally Steve Fletcher's job, but I'm sure he'd be <laughs> yeah. happy for you to do it as well. So he went back home and we know from his mini story on the club website that he started to then enjoy the game more mm. at Guernsey FC. And age 16, pushed straight up to the senior side. Not sure how many games he had, but he was straight in there playing men's football. Yeah, so when he went back to Guernsey, initially he was playing for a team called St. Martin. So this was a pre-O League team. And he was basically got back into playing football there. He said he was scoring a lot of goals, getting a lot of assists, probably helped him get his confidence back and just enjoy football a lot more because that's what, that's what tends to happen when you're scoring goals and making assists. And he could probably see he was still levels above everyone else on the island. So, yeah, so he was training from the age of 15 with the first team of Guernsey. However... Due to the league rules, you weren't allowed to field an under fifth, well under sixteen in your first team side. So he had to wait until he was sixteen um, to play for the Guernsey FC first team. But he was training with them, and Tony Vance. He's done an interview with Bournemouth now about this, but he was telling me because I interviewed him 
end part of last summer, well, start part of last summer and spoke about the exact same thing. And he was saying how he came into training and there was this person called Kieran Mahon. He still plays for Guernsey FC, probably one of their best midfielders. And he's a senior lad in the team. And he was saying how he was just, Alex was just floating past him and Kieran was just getting so annoyed. He just wanted to kick a lump out of him, but he just couldn't get anywhere near him because he just so effortlessly would glide past people. So the senior players could see he was a talent even from before he turned 16. The coaching staff could see he was a talent. And Tony told me initially that usually he doesn't want to throw players into the deep end when they're that young. He sort of wants to bed them in but from the off the players were telling him he has to start his coaching staff were telling him that Alex has to start and eventually he came off the bench for his first game I believe and then I think he went on to make 20 odd appearances before Bristol were like right we need this guy and that Bristol link actually came through Steve Lansdowne so he's the owner of Bristol City and Tony and Tony did some work with Bristol City beforehand so they, there's been players before Alex that went across to Bristol City and have done well, but not as well as obviously Alex himself. But yeah, he flew in the Bristol Academy when he went over there. You're absolutely correct about that Tony Vance clip and some communications. And there's something on your YouTube channel as well that mm-hmm. I've seen. And before we talk about moving to Bristol City, when I think about a 16 year old going up to men's football, you can have all the skill, all the talent. but Have you got the strength? Do you think Alex Scott comfortably dealt with the toughness of going from youth football to men's football, or has it helped him in the progress in the last four years? Do you know what? This is actually an interesting question because the Prio League isn't actually um, simply under 16s, under 18s or whatever. There is a men's senior Prio teams as well. So he was probably playing men's against older people for a lot of, his life or a lot of his career, early career even. So I think that probably helped him a lot. But obviously going into Guernsey FC where three points is the most important thing on the weekend and like actually having grown men kicking kicking you left, right and centre, I'm sure um, it was probably a bit of a step up for him. But with Alex, as we've seen throughout his career, any sort of step that he's taken so far in his career, taken like a duck to water really he just sort of susses it out and then excels in it it's just something that he's got in his personality trait and it's just yeah I guess the adapt there would have been an adaptation period of course as there is with anyone but for him he seems to sort of get it quicker than most people would right so then it was time to head back I suppose, but this time to Bristol City and they would snap him up and they would get him on his on on their books and he would play for Bristol City 90 games. We'll talk about a specific game, the Manchester City game in a bit around the cup, but he's played 90 plus games for Bristol City in his short time with them. Six goals, seven assists, only 20, 19 when we signed him. What was your early thoughts on the sign for Bristol City and him? getting himself established already in the championship. Yeah, of course. So he he initially is signed um, in, within the sort of youth systems, but he quickly progressed through. And Nigel Pearson was the manager at the time. And football fans will know that Nigel Pearson isn't one to take much stick or 
sort of throw players in that don't deserve it and they really need to earn his trust. So he quickly became one of the mainstays in the team. I think he came in towards the end part of two, maybe three seasons ago now, came into the side, made his debut and looked looked an exciting prospect. Obviously, the season came to an end and then the following season, he was one of the mainstays in the team. And if you're becoming a mainstay in the team, a Nigel Pearson team at the age of, what, 18, 17, 18 at the time, um, you know you've got something about you because he doesn't give handouts to anyone. He's a very rugged, scary character, scary bloke. But yeah, Alex, he ended up playing left wing back for a certain time in Bristol City. So it shows the trust that Nigel had in him because, um, yeah, I think when he, when Bristol came down for a preseason game, um, uh, with Bournemouth, he even played that wing back role against Bournemouth. So it's just one of those positions where he says, obviously, it wasn't his most comfortable, but he's one of those sorts of players that puts a team before himself and, um, yeah, does anything to make the team work. And he's just one of those blokes, really. He just seems like a very genuine and really mature lad for, as you say, 19, just turned 20. So, um, yeah, at Bristol excelled really. And then he, the second, so after his first full season with Bristol, his second season, he really moved into that midfield role. And for someone so young, he doesn't half love a tackle. It's crazy. He's got that mean, not quite Jefferson Lerber in the sense of getting a yellow card every single game or every other game, but he's not one to be bullied around. Not at all. Um, even though it may seem like he's got a bit of a smaller figure to most people, he's, definitely not one to get bullied around and uh when he went to play for the England under 19 euros I believe it was um he wasn't initially starting he was one of three non-premier league academy players to be in this England under 19 side he didn't start the first game came on at about 60 odd minutes and then made such a good impression he was basically a starter throughout the rest of the tournament um came off the bench against Italy in the semi-final, scored a header with practically one of his first touches and uh, England went on to win the tournament and he was one of the key reasons, I think, for that. So that shows you the level that he is at considering he was one of only three non-Premier League academy players to be in that side. But as you said, six goals, seven assists or the other way around, I think it was. Um, he's always said that he wants to add more goals. He wants to add more assists to his game and he's got so much time to add that to his game because he's got so much, the foundations, very solid foundations there. So exciting times. Definitely exciting times. He likes to tackle, but when I'm looking at Alex Scott, right, he's got his socks down low. <laughs> People are calling him the Guernsey Grealish. We've got yeah. a guy on the channel who contributes regularly and he goes, for me, when I was born, it's the Guernsey Gaza. <laughs> and we saw that on view against Manchester City in the yeah. FA Cup, a guy that, had great balance to me, great feet, wants to drive with the ball, can find a pass. I don't want to get caught up, Sarge, in the moment of it's just one TV appearance, yeah. but it would be backed up because he got young player of the season in the championship and mm. made the team of the season as well. Yeah. So if you think it's just a one-off, it clearly not. No, no, absolutely not. And I was so delighted for him when he really put his name in the limelight um, against Manchester City. I mean, Pep Guardiola came out and said he was an outstanding talent as well. So getting that praise from Pep Guardiola is a big thing. So um, 
yeah, he really just took it at them, to be honest. It was sort of almost at points him against Manchester City, he'd pick up the ball and dribble past three, four players and try and make something happen. And that's something you can expect from Alex with Bournemouth, obviously, depending on what position he plays, he can play as a six, he can play as an eight, he can even play as a 10. So, um, yeah, it's just exciting time. Someone that can drive with the ball, someone who will lift fans off their seats with what he does technically on the ball. So, so gifted. And he's shown that throughout the whole championship season. It's one of those ones because I know the football game has become so stat heavy now, hasn't it? In terms of don't get the goals, don't get the assists, you're clearly not playing well. But the sort of cliche phrase of the eye test, um, he passes out almost every game. I mean, he just almost seemingly doesn't put a foot wrong in most games that I've seen him play. He's just so elegant with the ball. He just seems to know where everyone is on the pitch without even having to scan or he's scanned about 10 times before you've even noticed he's done it. So he's one of those players that will know a player's coming to press him and almost press resistant in that sense. So um, exciting times for him. And he just shows that he keeps on getting better and better and, now it's Bournemouth's turn to really see see that come to fruition. It is Bournemouth's time. Alex Scott seems to think that he's ready for the Premier League. And it seemed an opportunity, Sarge, that Bournemouth could not pass on. We have been linked with Alex Scott a few times in the last couple of seasons. But then Wolves came into the frame as well. They were interested, maybe F- FFP, whatever you want to call it, financial fair play was a bit of an issue for them. But Bournemouth were very much in for Alex Scott. But it did go on for a while. It just felt like it was going to come down to the minor details. Bristol City, we're hearing, were hearing that they wanted 30, 35 million. Bournemouth, 2025. There's probably some add-ons in there. Of course there is. But the deal was done. We got him through the door. He did come through the door injured with a significant yeah. knee injury, which the club were happy to oversee. And, and and obviously they're working on getting him back to fitness. But why Bournemouth? I think he's seen the project really. Um, from what I've heard through people from the island of Guernsey, when Bournemouth came in, I don't think he was interested in Wolves initially or any sort of other teams. I know there was, well, bigger sort of teams than Bournemouth essentially were looking at him in terms of Tottenham were linked with him, Newcastle were linked with him. So there was other teams batting around, but when Bournemouth came in with concrete sort of, here's the down payment, This we want him. I think he was sold on sort of, obviously the new owner coming in and the project that the club's going on, all the bright young talents. And I feel with Alex, he's not the sort of person to want to go and sit on the bench somewhere and have to play second fiddle. He knows that he's good enough. He knows that he's got the talent. And at Bournemouth, it's a perfect chance to showcase it because though Bournemouth have got a very good central midfield at the moment, he's a sort of player and a style of player that can definitely fit in there and make that sort of position his own. And I guess when that offer came about, there was a joke actually with me and Tony Vance, the Guernsey manager, every time, because Guernsey would usually play at two o'clock in away games. Um, me and Tony, if Alex had scored or assisted, we'd just look at each other and nod and be like, that's an extra five million to his price tag. <laughs> so yeah, it was just one of those ones where we'd keep a keen eye out on him. And yeah, when he goes and excels, I think when Bournemouth came in, a Premier League club, a chance to prove himself in the Premier League. Obviously, it was one of those ones where it's difficult for a championship player in the sense that 
if you do come up to a Premier League, you may be in that lower band of teams in the Premier League. And there's a fine sort of balance between playing games regularly in a fairly poor side, which sort of brings your value down in that sense. But with Bournemouth, I feel like it's fairly even. He gets to showcase his talents and the team's not poor to the sense that they're going to do well. So it won't affect badly on him. People won't look down on him because the team's safe. I say fighting for relegation, but I don't think Bournemouth will be fighting for relegation this season, no. I can only agree with you. I know I'm a Bournemouth fan, but I think it's been a clear plan from the new owner, Bill Foley, and Mm. the new team, the recruitment, the scouting. You can see the talent we're bringing through. It's youthful. It looks like it can add straight away. And you never know. They might spend five, six, seven, eight years at the club or the club could inherit significant amounts of money like a Bellingham deal in the future and when you talk about the club moving forward as you will know following Bournemouth all your life the infrastructures happening right now with the new training ground down at Camford Magna that will be done within a year or two and Bill Foley is very much focused on doing something around the stadium so Alex Scott will be all part of this if not he'll be put in in the middle of it and the stadium built around him so I can definitely see real positives for Alex Scott. We talked about that injury that he's come in with and the injury training with Bristol City before the transfer went through, but the club clearly not too worried about it. If I was to ask you what you think Alex Scott's short-term and long-term goals would be, would it be just to get in the team or is it to add goals, assists straight away? What do you think is going through his mind 20 years old? I think initially get back from that injury and get back playing regular minutes again. So, um, the knee injury, obviously, we know the history of knee injuries. It's also always slightly um, worrying because it might sort of go again or other players have had... Re- obviously, Callum Wilson had mm. two ACLs, I think it was, yeah, in correct. two years. So, like, obviously, knee injuries are very precarious, but getting back fit, getting back playing, getting back starting, I think, would be his first main goal. I think um, within the first two or three three games, I feel like he was, he's going to make his mark and become a regular starter in this side. And from then on, just make an impact on the game, whether it's scoring goals, making assists, flying into tackles again. Um, yeah, just really, he loves exciting football. His idol was Jack Grealish playing growing up. So that's where sort of a Guernsey Grealish link comes in as well. And, and when he met him... Uh, yeah <laughs> yeah when he met him he actually posted a really cool photo of Grealish and himself um chatting um after the game when he played against Man City so he's one of those sorts of players he wants to get fans off their seats and I know there's a lot going around about the atmosphere at Dean Court at the moment and whether they can build that he's definitely going to help with that in terms of exciting people so I think short term get into that side show everyone that he is show the doubters because there is still some doubters there whether he can adapt to this level that he can not only just adapt to this level but excel at this level short term I think he wants to do that and then long term really try and push Bournemouth because I know there's a lot of people talking about potential Europe trips and stuff getting into the top half of the table and then pushing on and then who knows what can go on from there yeah um Bill Foley, I think, has promised us a European trip in three years. I'm holding him to it. Bill Foley's predictions are very rarely wrong as well. So, look, fingers crossed. <laughs> but um, 
can't wait to get Alex Scott on the pitch. I think you're absolutely right as Bournemouth fans. We've been lucky enough in the last decade to have moments where we've been very exciting to watch. We've had a few years where we've had to go through some pragmatic spells and just get the job done. But times are back now with Andoni Iriola to get some really exciting football on the pitch. Still win football matches. Still, I think he's actually a big reason as well. The fact that he's obviously renowned as a manager for playing nice football, playing football that is... Front foot. Yeah, front foot approach and allows players to sort of express themselves on the pitch as well. So as soon as obviously Bournemouth fixtures have been very tough to start off this season. I mean, the point against West Ham, I thought was initially, oh, we probably could have got three points there, but they're sitting pretty at the top of the table at the moment. So I think Bournemouth are the only team to have taken points off them. Yeah. So it's, it looks like a good point in the sort of greater scheme of things now. So I think once the fixtures sort of turn, Bournemouth will be absolutely fine as well. I um, totally agree with you. I think we'll be absolutely fine. When we get to October, there are some not easier games, but games around teams are in and around us. So, yeah, looking forward to them. So, you've given us some really, really great stuff. I'm really excited. Just want, just want Alex <laughs> Scott back. to get yeah. fit and get him on the pitch. Um, can't wait to be sitting inside Dean Court and watching him sort of just breeze around, creating goals, scoring goals. Do you have any concerns at all? I mean, he's 19-20. As Bournemouth fans, we've seen a few players come to the club where they're expected to be amazing and they've not quite delivered what was previously expected. Do you have any concerns or are you just absolutely confident that Alex Scott is going to keep improving and become this star? To be honest, I'm absolutely adamant that he's going to be a star. I, I get jokes. People make them to me when I say, oh, Alex is... Oh, Alex Scott is this next big thing. They're like, oh, what you mean, the female footballer? I'm like, no, he's going to be bigger than the female footballer. He is truly, I believe, destined to be at the very top. And if he isn't playing for England within the next few years, um, I'd be very, very surprised. It's strange because obviously coming from non-league and as I said, towards the start of this interview or podcast, um, just sort of players get banded about as being special in non-league, but He's got a really good sort of solid core around him. His, as you mentioned, his dad, his brother, they are very, very like down to earth people. And I think that's resonated onto himself as well. He's very much a down to earth lad and he knows what needs to be done. He, he's willing to take on new information and learn from it. So he's not very much that sort of player with an ego that thinks he's a world beater and is going to, go to the top without trying hard. He's one of those players that knows he's got to keep working, got to keep on improving. And yeah, like I said earlier, every single step so far in his career, he's taken like a duck to water. Um, Say when it was going from boys football to men's football at Guernsey FC, going from Guernsey FC to Bristol City, going from Bristol City into the England setup there, excelled there. And now... It's his next step, championship, one young player of the year. I don't think you can do much more than that at a slightly struggling Bristol City side. But going into the Premier League now, I feel like, and he's shown it as well against a very decent Man City side that he not only can share the same pitch with him, he can stand out on that pitch as well. So this has been absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that we caught up. I can't wait to see what the Bournemouth fans have to say in the comments. Get in there now. Get your thoughts in there. 
down below and Saad Rahman's details are in the description below. Go check out his Twitter, go check out his YouTube channel. And to finish off, tell us a little bit about what your football season looks like this season with what you're doing so people can follow you. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Um, obviously, I do freelance uh, writing still at the moment. I've got uh, Winchester City Football Club, I run their media at the moment. I do bits for Eastleigh Football Club as well. And um, I still follow Guernsey FC, though I have stepped away from commentating for them this season. I still follow them. So if I've got I've ever got a free Saturday, I'll be there waiting for the next Alex Scott to come through because there's a lot of good players coming through the Guernsey ranks. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a few more of them coming through into the bigger leagues and potentially joining Alex on the south coast here but um yeah no it's a very busy schedule and when my saturdays are free it's very it's a very rare site but i would be at dean court cheering the boys on so yeah <laughs> so busy thank you for your time really appreciate it and um if you don't mind it'd be nice to maybe catch up with you of course yeah no thanks Christmas. for having me on i've really enjoyed Let's it see once Alex Scott gets on the pitch and gets some appearances, it'd be great to catch up with you and see what you think and see how of he's course. progressing. That'd be a great moment. In the meantime, Bournemouth fans get learning his chant because you're going to be singing it a lot. <laughs> and boy, do we need some new songs. If you are <laughs> new to the channel, do subscribe, do hit the like button. Thanks to Sarge Rahman. Do get your comments below. Look after yourself and we'll see you on the next one. Up, cherries. <laughs>